This is How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast. Where we teach you the skills you need to go from your living room to the main event. What's up, guys? Welcome back to How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast. My name's John. I'm back in the studio with Aaron. Aaron, how's it going, man? Hey, John. Man, I'm doing great today, as always. I always have great days. That's only good. good days and great days, Only right? good days is what I want to hear. That's okay. Mm-hmm. We should all be focusing on only good days. And a lot of times, it's just a choice. That it is. Have a good sure. day. That's right. Yep, but having a great day today. Absolutely. Well, you guys are going to have an even better day because today, Aaron and I are going to talk to you about something that all pro wrestlers must do. All right, so let's let's dive into this a little bit, all right? Let's find out what I'm talking about here. So we, talking about Aaron and I, as physical fitness professionals here at How to Become a Pro Wrestler, and, you know, over the course of nearly three years of podcasting, by the way, like we're, uh, this is episode 136, mm-hmm. we're getting closer and closer to that, that, that mark to where we, I think 156 That's would be crazy, three years, man. right? That's crazy, yeah, to even think about. Consistently, week by week, putting out over 136 episodes counting this one right here. So guys, we've got all those in the archives. Check it out. But over the course of these nearly three years, we've given you a massive supply of the workouts you need to be doing in order to be the best pro wrestler possible. Today, we are going to continue that trend by highlighting one of the most important workout moves that every pro wrestler must start doing. And here's the best part. It requires no gym membership and it requires zero equipment to get started. So have you guessed what it is yet? Probably not. But today, we are going to talk about sprinting. All right? We're going to get into that here in just a little bit. Before we do that, I want to remind you about the rest of the physical fitness we have for you available with Strong Style, our strength training program that we created for professional wrestlers so that you can go to the gym and get into the best shape possible that will translate to your in-ring style. And Strong Style is available at HowToBecomeAProWrestler.com, but also soon to start, soon to begin, a whole new process at Train Heroic, the app that is going to streamline the entire experience for you. Some of you guys have already signed up for our Train Heroic version of Strong Style, and we're going to have some more information for you coming really, really soon about getting a whole group on board for doing Strong Style together. Yeah, getting a team. Absolutely, getting a team together. So, Let's start off this podcast by discussing the difference between running and sprinting. Because here's the thing, and I, I know this just from being, Aaron knows this as well, I'm sure, but being a fitness mm. professional, people new to fitness assume that running is the best thing for their cardio. They're just like, well, I, I, I or even not even, they may not even know cardio. They're just like, I need to get in shape, so I'm going to start running. Yeah. Um, and I would argue that running is one of the most difficult activities, especially to begin with. All right. You need to earn the ability to run. Um, you know, and while this is certainly not easier, I consider sprinting to actually be a simpler place to start than just running, just by the nature of what sprinting involves, which we're going to get into. So running is a very generalized term. There's no speed or body mechanic specifics or even distances needed to list to qualify as a run. You might run a mile. You might run 10 miles, right? Like, who knows? And, who, and nobody can judge the speed. There's no right. telling exactly what that might be. Mm-hmm. So sprinting is a lot more specific. Sprinting refers to dashing over a short distance with an all-out or nearly all-out burst of speed. Yeah. So you are absolutely pushing it to, you know, 80 90%, right? Mm-hmm. You are going as hard as possible, 100% once you become 
uh, better at the actual skill itself. So today, what we're going to talk about is our top five reasons that all pro wrestlers need to incorporate sprinting into their training. And then at the end of the episode, we're going to wrap it up by telling you how you can incorporate it into your training now. So our first reason that pro wrestlers need to incorporate sprinting into their training is one that all people trying to get into fitness want to talk about, and that's fat loss. For all sure. right, right? So pro wrestlers, you know it, I know it, you all want to look better in your gear. And a lot of times that just comes down to fat loss, right? Especially if you're building muscle, you got muscle underneath, you need to burn off some of that fat, you need to look better. But in our fitness journeys, especially when we're out there in a pro wrestling ring under the bright lights, in our basically underwear a lot of times, or in a superhero outfit for all intents and purposes, like you want to be in the best shape of your life for the most part. I understand there's, you know, there's no blanket rules here and a lot of wrestlers that make a great career out of being heavier set and it's part of their actual gimmick itself. Yeah. But for the most part, fat loss is super important for pro wrestlers. Mm -hmm. And sprinting is the most potent fat burner that there is, almost by a landslide, all right? It absolutely smokes your core as well. And that is a double whammy if you're trying to get abs looking like Dolph Ziggler yeah. out there, guys. So I'm telling you right now, Ditch the sit-ups, start sprinting, right? And the best part about this is, and we'll get into this later when I tell you how to incorporate this stuff, is however much time you're currently devoting to something like sit-ups, you can just swap that time out equal. If yeah. you're taking 10 minutes at the end of your workout, then we're going to do 10-minute sprints. Yeah, That's great. It's, it's not like I'm adding another hour onto your workout or anything. It can just be that simple, guys. And I'm telling you, if you don't know this already, we've talked about it in the past, I'll talk about it right now. Fat loss or weight training, all these things. If you're somebody listening to this podcast and you're doing sit-ups and crunches and all these things, you know, ad nauseum over and over and over again because you think it's going to burn your belly fat, that's not how fat loss works, guys. Fat loss does not happen by spot reduction. You don't lose belly fat because you do sit-ups, right? Yes, there's some science behind building some muscle in a specific area to help with that. Really, it just helps it look good once you start overall burning the fat. Yeah. So please keep that in mind. People tell me all the time, why are you removing sit-ups from my workout? I want abs. I'm like, you're getting abs from the proper mechanics you're doing on your split squats, your deadlifts, and your sprinting that we're talking about today. And, and sprinting is so good just to put a little bit of science into yeah. that if you, if you guys are wondering like, well, how does it help specifically mm -hmm. with fat loss? Is, you know, you may have heard like if you squat, yeah. like doing squat is anabolic, right? right. So um, sprinting is, a huge demand on mm -hmm. the lower body, well, the full body, really, but Absolutely. the lower body. The lower so it's body very anabolic. Sure, yeah. mm -hmm. um, the best thing you could look at is looking at like a marathon runner right. and what they look like. Oh, yeah. And then looking at a, like an Olympic, Olympic sprinter, sprinter. Yes. and how much yeah, muscle yeah. they have. It's right? crazy. Now, they're genetically yeah. geared towards either one, mm -hmm. but uh, it's anabolic. Sprinting is definitely more anabolic. Um, and also, one of the things that kind of goes into fat loss, too, mm -hmm. is... Um, if you look at the anaerobic system, yeah. is that which basically means your body, instead of using oxygen, mm -hmm. like doing aerobic, it's going to use a different fuel source. So it's right. going to use your blood sugar. Yes. And then maybe eventually it's going to tap into some of your fat Actual stores fat there. storage, yeah. So kind of the science there is mm -hmm. why sprinting is so good for fat loss. Absolutely. So another thing, point number two about sprinting, moving on down the list here, is actual muscle growth. And if you know, I mean, guys, I'm always talking about maximizing minutes, and already I'm telling you that sprinting is the best at burning fat, and now it's also good at growing muscle. Yeah. Like, those two things are the secret to longevity in life. Like, actually losing fat 
and growing muscle. That is the way you stay healthy for long term. And I know we're specifically talking about pro wrestling today, but that's just good for your life in general. Yeah. So once I start finding these things, that's another thing like um, variety, right? People like to say variety is the spice of life. And I've been saying recently that it's the spice of strife because like it actually, you can get so caught up in doing tons of different exercises yeah. that you start to lose focus when really if you just went to the gym and did your strong push like a overhead press or a bench press and your lower body movement like a squat or a split squat and your deadlift and you added in some sprinting and just a couple little accessories in there mm -hmm. that's all you need you don't need tons and tons of variation so if you're telling me right now there's a move out there that helps me lose fat and gain muscle that is one that I'm adding to my routine. So muscle growth, let's talk about it. Without getting too sciencey, let me say this. Sprinting increases the recruitment of muscle fibers, right? You know, there's all different muscle fibers that we have. I'm just gonna tell you that sprinting actually increases the recruitment of those muscle fibers, especially in the legs like Aaron just mentioned. And the legs are responsible for the production of growth hormone within the body. And bigger legs means bigger everything in terms of muscle yeah. the guys that have the biggest most muscular legs typically have the biggest everything else yeah. too because your legs are producing the most natural growth hormone yeah. in your body so using something like sprinting and to aaron's point again if you go out there and google right now olympic sprinters versus long distance runners and a long distance runner looks like nothing against them that's a sport that i'm actually involved in but uh long distance runners look very thin, very skinny, um, scrawny, you might even say. They're lean and mean. You could also say, of course, Olympic sprinters have massive legs and huge muscles. And yeah. they're, they're lean and mean as well in a whole different way. But look at their legs. It's yeah. insane. I mean, it's, it's basically like an NFL running back. Absolutely. Right? I mean, like that's how they're built. So building muscle because they are recruiting more muscle fibers and causing you to produce more growth hormone. So... Sprinting also increases your ability to synthesize protein and it even boosts testosterone just by the fact that you're gonna have more muscle mass in general, which is gonna be one of the, the greatest natural testosterone boosters is weight training, working out, muscle growth. All right, guys? So that's the first thing you need to be focusing on before supplementation. Moving on, number three on this one. Talking about why sprinting is good for professional wrestlers. It improves your power and your strength, all right? Sprints hit the central nervous system, which is the driver of all force output from your body. And the CNS runs throughout the entire body. So sprinting increases your muscular coordination, right? If you are improving your entire CNS, your central nervous system, which runs through every single facet of your entire body, now you've got all these intermuscular areas working together because the CNS is on the same page all the way throughout the body. It leads to greater strength, greater force production, and those things translate perfectly to professional wrestling where a lot of times you have to depend on your ability to snap move in an instant, to create force in an instant, yeah. to help and guide your opponent when they slip up or when you particularly slip up. The more body control another thing we talk about on this podcast a lot the more body control you can create it's not a secret it's not that some people have it and some people don't it's that some people maybe trained it and didn't understand that they were training it or maybe they did and they, they now have it because of that 
and people that don't train it don't have it, right? So if you're not training your central nervous system and you're not training things that are going to incorporate different muscle groups working together, different muscle fibers working together, yeah. you're not going to have that body control that pro wrestlers so desperately seek and want and need. You know, I think that just something that always pops in my mm-hmm. head with wrestlers and this is when they yeah. they come running down the ramp. Yeah. You know how many guys I've seen trip like trying right. to run to the right. ramp quick mm-hmm. and go. And you can tell though. I mean, uh, some of the bigger guys yeah. come down, and they, you can tell they're a little bit clumsy. Right. You know, and the smaller guys look like they can do quite a bit. And, but, yes. but I was just thinking on incorporating, when do you sprint? You sprint a lot, yeah. and, you, and you use it for a lot of things, for the power and strength, like you said. Absolutely. But coming down the ramp, like Ultimate yeah, Warrior style. Uh, yeah, for sure. That's a pure sprint. Like, yeah, <laughs> right. absolutely. The next on this list is overall work capacity. So... Never blow up, guys, right? I've talked yeah. to you on here. Blowing up is when you get too exhausted in the ring to properly perform as a professional wrestler. That's one of the worst cardinal sins you can make as a pro wrestler is getting in there and blowing up. It does happen. It happens to some of the best of us at times just based on you know, life circumstances and your recovery and all that. But some people blow up because they're not in good enough shape. Mm-hmm. And that is unacceptable, guys. So sprinting improves your work capacity. It improves your aerobic capacity as good, if not better, than just plain Jane aerobic exercise. So... Aaron talked about anaerobic earlier, using the energy sources in your body that do not include oxygen. But sprinting can help you improve just using your oxygen while improving your ability to use things that are not oxygen. So being able to rely on those reserves in your body works just as well, if not better, than actual just plain Jane aerobic stuff that you can do in the gym. So work capacity is crucial for pro wrestlers. Sprints will increase your ability to tolerate high workloads and sustain your peak performance for the duration of your training and your matches. This also means you will recover faster, meaning you can train more and more efficient and make better use of your time just in general, right? I I have never understood like the guys that like they desire to have these longer and longer and longer matches but I, I, I watch them train, and they can't train for 30 minutes straight, much less have a 30-minute match. Like, that's a crazy aspect to have, guys. So think about your training. Are you capable of sustaining your training for enough time to then translate to being in the ring and having a 20, 30-minute match? Like, yeah. guys, that's, that's a crazy thing to have. An average match should be around that 10-minute mark. And I, I would say that a lot of the guys that I see, at least in this area, are not capable of sustaining that energy for even the 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. So sprinting is a cheat code for improving your overall work capacity. Yeah, definitely. The last one I want to talk about today, before we get into how I want you to incorporate this, is just skill transfer. Sprints are going to make you better at everything else in the gym and in the ring. The synergy between the the nervous system and the various muscle groups will transfer to all aspects of your in-ring training and your wrestling. This will make you better at everything from your push-ups, your sit-ups, to your front rolls, your back bumps, jumping to the top rope, jumping from the floor, running down the ramp to the apron. All those different things are going to get better from sprinting because of how many different systems it incorporates Mm -hmm. all at once. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely incorporates a lot of skill mm-hmm. and has a lot of skill transfer. Mm-hmm. And then also just back to the work capacity, I just want to give a kind of an analogy yep, on go how ahead. that works. So, like, you could look at this, like, so with the, the running, mm-hmm. you're just going basically the same pace the whole time, right? Sprinting, you're going, you know, zero to maybe 100, zero to Absolutely. 90. And then you're stopping and resting because you mm-hmm. cannot keep going because you're right. going so hard. Your body has to stop. You can't produce 100, you can't go 100 miles in the car forever. It's going to no, break down, No, it's right? going to break down. 
So, but the wrestling does the same thing. You mm -hmm. run the ropes hard, and then all of a sudden you're picking up a guy for a body slam, yep. and then you're taking a and little bit of a break. You're going to a rest, know, yep, like, and yes. then you're going again. It's basically sprinting. In essence, is interval training because you have to do it that way. Because you sure. can't just go. You can't just sprint 100 miles. Like, yeah, that doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it it ends up being interval training, which is great for wrestling for the work capacity, mm -hmm. and then also like you just mentioned, the skill transfer. So one of my favorite ways of training that I'll just talk about throwing right here that I've been doing recently is one of the things that inspired this podcast in general. I've been sprinting a lot and I'm, I, most people would consider me a long distance runner because that's what I do mostly now, but I sprint a lot as well. And I find that sprinting hard, all out effort for whatever it might be, 40 yards or something like that, mm -hmm. and then resting and recovering for four to five minutes and then doing it again I recover so much faster. I can bring my heart rate down from like 180 back down to 90 in such a short amount of time after yeah. incorporating these sprints. And that is a, a life hack for the gym because now I can now do a submaximal bench press mm -hmm. without elevating my heart rate like crazy. Yeah. I can recover faster. And I, I, I'm not an active professional wrestler right now, but if I was, I have to believe that it all would also be able to integrate with my ability to recover from those crazy fast high spots that we're going to yeah. do in pro wrestling faster and more efficiently so that when we get into the, the body slam and the rest hold or whatever we might be doing, I'm not huffing and puffing and dying and trying to catch my breath. Sucking air like a fish is what, something that pro wrestlers say a lot. But like I'm not huffing and puffing. I'm actually just recovering naturally. I'm able to communicate with my opponent if I need to. Yeah. That's the worst. So guys, if you're running a crazy spot and then your opponent gets lost in the ring where they, they forget maybe what comes next and they're exhausted, you can't have a conversation with them in the ring. You can't do it because they're too desperate. You have to prioritize in that moment, and I've been there. You get in the ring, you realize, oh, crap, we're, we're lost, which means we're, we don't know where we're going next. I need to communicate with my opponent. I'm going to put him in a headlock and whisper into his ear, but he's too exhausted to listen to me, and he right. can't communicate. Or he's going to communicate, but it's going to look so stupid because he's going to be mouthing words to me, and all the fans are going to be able to yeah. see it and stuff. That's not what you want, guys. You want to be able to use those those rest periods, those rest holds in a match, not for resting desperately, but for actually communicating efficiently and getting to the next spot appropriately. So recovering faster, yeah. such an underrated aspect of sprinting. So let's talk about how to actually incorporate sprinting into your training. I'm going to keep it as simple as possible, guys, and that's how all things should start, especially if you're not doing it at all. Um, so start with shorter distances in the first few weeks, especially sprint out, you know, sprint all out for 10 to 15 seconds. And you know, when I say all out, that's your 70 to 80%, like something like, if you've never yeah. done it before, yeah. right? So that might be 20 to 30 yards at most. If you, if you know like a football field, think about it that way or something. Yeah. Repeat that until you've done 150 yards. And that's it, that's the workout. That's not gonna take, think about a football field. You're gonna go across and then back halfway and that's it, you're done, yeah. right? You're not doing that all at once, right? You're accumulating that much distance mm -hmm. over the course of the entire workout. But that's what I said earlier about the sit-ups. You take 10 minutes to do sit-ups, we're gonna take 10 minutes to do sprints and it's yeah. over because you're resting in between, perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. um, 10 minutes of work, guys. So 10 to 15 seconds on, two minutes to rest, repeating that until you've hit uh, 10 minutes. It's a great way to start incorporating your sprints. So yeah, and John, just, yeah. I, I've started guys mm -hmm. on just even like ten yards before, yeah. just yeah. something short, just to get it. I mean, they of can't uh, they can't quite get full speed usually mm -hmm. at ten yards. Uh, yeah, but when they're 
you, when you're just getting started, you know, you right. take off and then you learn how to slow down. So, I mean, even even if it's less, even, even if it's less, just like yeah. 10 yards, just, just try it out. I'm definitely, if you're brand new to sprinting and I tell you to sprint 20 yards, I, I know that hopefully that back half is going to actually be a pretty maximal speed because that first 10 yards, you're just trying to get fast. Like, yeah. I, I get yeah. it. Yeah. And once you get better at this, you're going to learn to be explosive in right. those first sure. 10 yards. Yeah. And then you're going to get more out of it. Uh, you know, just like anything, you practice and you get better at it. So progress from slow to fast, of course. When you first get started, think about sprinting at, at 70%, maybe even less, maybe 60% of your effort, right? Just get used to pushing off your toes hard, leaning into that, pumping your arms, and going. And then increase your effort by 5% every couple weeks. You, if you, you'll be like, I mean, I'm going to go out here and I'm going to give my 60%, and then the next... And two weeks later, you're going to do 65%, 70%, 75%. You just slowly increase until you're like, crap, I can actually move fast now. Fast for you. It's all always relative to your personal body and all that stuff. Now you can move fast. And so you start to increase that. Don't, that's what people want to do. They want to do all or nothing. They want to go out there and go, I'm going to do a hundred percent. I'm going to sprint a hundred yards. That's crazy. That would be, there's no way me right now. I'm pretty fit right now. I could not sprint a hundred yards, not in any kind of maximal effort. Like no way. That's ridiculous. So, guys, don't be afraid to start easy. That's how all things should be started. Just like when you started on bench press, you didn't load 315 up for the first time. You loaded on 95 pounds and you did a few reps, right? So always start with shorter distances and slower pace. Yeah. One of the places that I like to start guys mm-hmm. too, guys or girls, if, if we're incorporating yeah. sprinting, is a short hill sprints. Yeah, yeah, Because, yeah. I mean, so yes. because if you got that, it's not very far. Mm-hmm. It also usually means that it's going to help you uh kind of slow down your pace because yep. you're having it's a little bit more challenging less likely to possibly yep. uh pull a hammy or something absolutely it's up the hill so um yeah if you're not if, i mean if you got a hill a short hill that could work too for F- it. find you a hill and that's again like another good note i told you you don't need a gym you don't need equipment if you know of a hill in town find you a nice moderate hill hill and that's a great way that i started with running and stuff because i have a terrible tendency to go too hot too hard Right off the bat, I'll sit there and I will say out loud to my team or whoever I'm running with, I'll be like, I'm going to run uh, five miles at a 8.30 per mile pace. And I'll look at my watch in that first mile and I'll be like, well, I did that in seven minutes. Yeah. And I'll be like, why do I do that to myself? Because now my heart rate's too high to, yeah. to recover without stopping. Like I don't want to have to stop. So I will oftentimes pick a course that starts with a hill. And the reason is... I cannot do a seven-minute mile going up a hill, so I will I will be pushed back into a eight and a half nine minutes, and then I, and when I get to the top of the hill, I can just ease into the pace yeah. that I need to be at. So hill training, um, to Aaron's point, is a wonderful wonderful way to start this out. Um, so let's talk about you know more ways of incorporating this. We talked about shorter distances. We talked about slow to fast. So um, no track, cool. Use a treadmill, all right? If you have a gym, you want to use a treadmill. Is it the same? Not necessarily. You're going to have to maintain whatever speed you actually plug into your treadmill, but you can sit there, turn your treadmill on, put it at a pace that is above your typical running pace, let it run, and then step onto it carefully and sprint for a few moments, 
jump off the treadmill and rest. Like, just let it run. That's another way to incorporate it on a treadmill. It's absolutely a good way, especially, you know what, for beginners, it might be the best way to do it. Just use a treadmill. You can also put treadmills on an incline if you need to. Yeah. Different variations right there. So use a treadmill if you don't have a track. But I'm telling you, get out there on the road and do it if you need to. Be safe, of yeah. course. Please, you know, be, don't do it in a high traffic area and all that stuff. You don't need me to tell you that. But be safe. But again, no gym, no equipment needed for sprinting. Just get out there and find yourself a place to do it. So how often? I mean, two to three sessions per week, that's, that's three sessions is pushing it, honestly. Yeah. But especially if you're first getting started, you might sprint one day a week. Yeah. One day a week, two at most, put them far off, put them on a Monday, Friday, something like that. Um, and here's another thing that I like about sprinting. So when you can put them on their own day. Another deal, like sprinting, especially once you get good at it, they don't necessarily leave you too crazy sore. They're not something that, it's not like a maximal squat where you're going to be yeah. dying. Like you're going to have some stiffness in your ankles and your 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 uh, calves and your hip flexors at first. But once you get used to them, if you're only doing 10 minute sprints at a time, that's actually pretty manageable that doesn't leave you sore. So you could do them on a quote unquote rest day or maybe an active recovery day. Yeah. But here's what I like best about them. You can, if you're doing them that way, if you're doing short 10 minute sessions, you can do your sprints before you lift weights, all right? So here's why I say that. And there is a good rule of thumb out there that you, you always want to do your cardio after your strength training because your cardio can negatively impact your strength training just by making you exhausted. But sprinting, if you're keeping it to 6, 8, 10-minute max, it'll fire up that nervous system, take you a good rest, of course, do 10 minutes of sprinting, 150 yards, whatever it is, Rest for another 10 minutes before you start lifting, but your nervous system will still be active to where you can actually recruit more of it when you go into your squatting, your bench pressing, your deadlifting, whatever it might be that day. So sprinting is something that you can do after a solid warm-up before your actual weightlifting. Another great hack because if you typically if somebody's going to do lots of cardio, I'm telling them you got to save that for the end of your weight training. And then it kind of extends their workout and whatnot. Sprinting you can actually incorporate into the end of your warm-up. So um, I never recommend doing a long run before lifts, of course, because they can wreck your performance under the barbell, but sprinting will fire up your nervous system, just like I said there, um, in a good way to have actual better lifting sessions. All right, guys. So I hope you enjoyed that conversation about sprinting. I love it. The benefits of sprinting are huge, and that's why we dedicated an entire episode to it. Please take note of everything we've mentioned thus far. Sprinting will help you lose fat while building muscle. It will make you stronger while making you look better, and they will literally increase your life expectancy, guys. So I highly recommend adding sprinting into your training. If you've been sprinting, I want you to let us know. You can join our private Facebook group. I want, what's your experience with that? Maybe you used to be a cross-country athlete, or maybe you've been doing sprints all along, yeah. and you're like, crap, I didn't know these were what were helping me the most, but yeah. I'd love to hear about it because it's something that I think all pro wrestlers need to start adding into their routine. For sure. So join our private Facebook group at How to Become a Pro Wrestler on Facebook. We're also on Instagram. We're also on YouTube, all at How to Become a Pro Wrestler. Hey, guys, when you go over to YouTube and check out our videos, we've got some cool videos, training tutorials, and stuff on there. When you go there, do me a favor. Please click that thumbs up. Let us know that you like the video. That helps me know that you're like, this was cool, and I want to see more of it. Mm -hmm. So if you click that thumbs up, click the bell to give you notifications, all those things lets me know 
okay, these are the types of videos they want to see. I'm going to make more of them. Right. All right. So if you don't, then I don't know if you're actually liking it or not. I see the views, of course, but I want to know, are you actually liking the training tutorials more than the locker room tutorials, more than the podcast, more than the, I want to know what you like best. Yeah. You can also let us know on the Facebook group, of course. So never neglect to do that. But all right, guys, thank you so much for listening to How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast, where we teach you the skills that you need to go from your living room to the main event. And don't wait for your opportunity, guys. Take it.